Hello. My name is George Calvin. Now, you don't know me, but you just passed me in the lobby. You are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And if you don't have dinner with me tonight, I'm just going to have to throw myself from the top of this building. And maybe I can help you find what you came to Captain T for. There are those who believe that life here began out there. We can rebuild him. Hercules Atlas. These are their stories. Autopilot with Scott Johnson and Tom Merritt. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Autopilot, episode one of season three. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott Waint. You don't look like Linda Carter at all, Johnson, and that is Tom. I don't understand why he's hiding his face in every scene, Merritt. Because you don't look like Linda Carter, that's why. I guess so. What was the deal with that, man? I don't know. I don't know. They did that. You know what? They did that in like a couple other things that Ricardo Montalban has been in as a villain. Where, where they he like would hide his face. The big reveal. I don't understand. Very mm-hmm. odd. It's like yeah. uh, they didn't do that in Wrath of Khan, thank goodness. Well, I guess they kind of did. They had him in a mask and a robe before they yeah. did, uh, showed off who that was. What is that? Is it in his writer? Is it <laughs> His agent is like, now Mr. Maltabon will only show his face in the second half of the episode. Well, he's, you know, he's got, he's got some interests. He needs to protect them, I suppose. I don't know what they would be. But there was also kind of, I think, a thing in the 70s where you would do this in TV shows like, uh, um, Charlie's Angels. You never saw Charlie's face, right? Right. So I think it was, that was the shtick. But you never shtick. saw him. It wasn't like the big reveal, yeah. like, and it's an actor. <laughs> like Indeed. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Well, we'll dig more into that in a moment. Hey, everybody! It is episode one of season three. Finally, season three has arrived. We're so glad to be back. Thank finally, you. we've got it right. Yeah, finally. After all this third time, season. Finally, getting our uh, sea legs here, and uh, right. we're pretty excited to bring it to you. Today's episode is all about Wonder Woman. You know uh, what, Scott, on that note, though, I just want to say, you know, I hate to, I hate to interrupt you there, yeah. but usually at the beginning of a season, you're like, oh, I'm so excited to be back. And, you know, you mean it. Sure. But I, I really freaking mean it. I do, too. I really miss doing this show. This, I'm freaking excited. I'm not kidding at all. Yeah. I was, like, excited. It was like Christmas coming down the <laughs> stairs with my laptop to start start recording this. I was like, this is going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, it's been almost a year since we uh, finished recording season two, and that's just that's weird in its own right. But all of your tweets in the meantime and emails that said, "Man, when's autopilot coming back?" We're so excited for autopilot. We are thrilled to be here, and we really do mean it, guys. It's not just uh, goofing around, like Tom says, and I agree. This yeah. is we are freaking excited. Uh, so let's get right into it. It's Wonder Woman, directed by Vincent McEvity. This is a TV movie. This came out before the regular series that you all know and maybe love, maybe you don't. Written by John D. F. Black, and it first aired March 12, 1974. Let's get into the introductions. I seriously doubt you'll have the success you think you will, George. Yacht sails like clouds. You need an angel. Never, George. Never. I'm trying to be French, but not really uh, succeeding very well. <laughs> He's trying to do Ricardo Montalban, man. He's always Ricardo Montalban, but they always try to make him something else. Why do you think they would... Why couldn't you go, all right, well, he's this... These this magnet, uh, you know, and this bad guy or whatever. But why couldn't you say, well, he's he's from you know Spain. He's a Spanish descent. Does right. it have to be French? I don't understand. In Hawaii Five O, they made him Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> like that's even worse. At least it's Europe here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes, no. As you mentioned, this was a, a TV movie. It was it was a pilot, 
with Kathy Lee Crosby, not Linda Carter, mm. in the lead role. And it was the first attempt to bring Wonder Woman to the TV screen in the 70s. They'd done it before. We'll get to that. Uh, it was developed by writer John D.F. Black, who wrote Shaft. Uh, with co-writer Ernest Tidman, who had written the original novel. He was also, uh, by the way, John D.F. Black, associate producer on Star Trek. He wrote the episodes The Naked Time. That's the one where there's the sword-fighting Sulu and they all act drunk. Love he also one. wrote The Naked Now, which was the next generation version of that same storyline. Oh, wow. So that's interesting. They they thought so much of the, so highly of the first one, they brought him back for that. That's crazy. Yeah, and so this was his, he's like, I'm going to make Wonder Woman happen. Now that I've had Sulu drunk and sword-fighting, I'm the, my next feat uh, is Kathy Lee Crosby, who is a, what, professional tennis player? Yes, she was a good tennis player. Had won uh, big international matches and all kinds of cool stuff and then went on to be a bit of a uh, sex symbol slash uh, TV star. Pretty much all TV, though. If you look at her you look at her IMDb listing, it's all television stuff, and it's all stuff you know. It's lots of guest stars on, you know, things like, I don't know. Uh, the Love, the love boat. boat, for sure, is in there. I'm pretty sure Fantasy Island showed up where her, her and her old buddy Ricardo Montalban get to hang out again. Right. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a Dukes of Hazard reference in there. So there's lots of opportunities for her to be on a lot of TV. She's still with us, still kicking it. And uh, I think she was a very attractive woman in her day. She was and is. Yeah, I'll, sure. I'll say it, sure. She's uh, aging Ricardo, nicely. There yeah, Ricardo Montalban is the villain Abner Smith. Because uh-huh. obviously <laughs> someone named Ricardo Montalban is the perfect person to play Abner Smith, uh-huh. who's French yeah. with a name. Smith. Very common That's not French name, name, right? Abner Smith? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, Pierre is probably his real name. Um, he, yeah, it's a, it, he's a very strange bit of casting, but I also... I'm a big fan, and I like it when he's in pretty much anything. So I was. By fine. the way, no, uh, no Fantasy Island, only the Love Boat. For oh, that's it. Oh, but she wasn't an episode of Hardcastle and McCormick. Well, that's how it should be. Yeah. Uh, was she a love interest to either Card- Hardcastle or McCormick? Probably both. <laughs> I don't know. All right, well, let's get into some of the weirder facts that happen in this thing. Oh, my dear, what brings you to my door at this hour? Loneliness, I hope. My key. I've locked my key in my room. Pity. All right. Pity indeed. That guy creeped me out. Wasn't in there very long. Uh, in 1967, this was... Uh, or oh, the no, pun- no, no, I'm no, sorry. No. This is the old one. You tell me about this old one because I have yeah, not seen this is any what of I, this. This is what I was uh, alluding to when I said it was the first 1970s Wonder Woman. Mm. Not the Linda Carter one that most people know and love. And when I was looking around for the information on this pilot, I stumbled across a 1967 pilot starring Ellie Wood Walker... And it was titled, Who's Afraid of Diana Prince? And all, the only thing I could find was a video of Ellie Wood standing in front of a mirror dressed as Wonder Woman doing this weird kind of like flirty dance with herself with like 60s music playing. And apparently that's the only thing that survived and that pilot never went anywhere. Wow. So there was no sign of that anywhere that we could have watched or, or whatever. No. Um, there is a little clip or, of something here. Let's just see what this is. I'm not sure if we'll get anything good out of this. But Phil TV Pilot 67. All right, some music. That's that's the new theme. That doesn't count. Hold that's on. the new one. Here she is, sitting in a chair, reading a newspaper. Quite honestly, looking a lot more like um, Deanna to me. Uh, not you know, looking more like the Wonder Woman that we've grown uh, to know much later. Uh, when it comes to you know who we who we kind of think of as Wonder Woman, which is brunette and perhaps a little right. bit taller. And I, I'm not sure that uh, Crosby totally pulled that off. Like she was, Bringing, she was yeah, fine. She did but, not bring back, she did not pull off being brunette since she's blonde. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Bringing it back to the, in case you're confused, we were talking a little bit about this weird 67 pilot, but now we're back 
to the the Wonder Woman pilot yeah. that is the J- John D.F. Black one with Kathleen Crosby. And yeah, blonde Wonder Woman. Yeah, weird. Threw me off. Also, that outfit or that costume that you really don't get to see until the last, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. It's really not the, that's not Wonder Woman. That's some kind of weird jumpsuit, tracksuit thing. And now that got me to thinking. Um, and I did a little digging around and there's precious few information about this, but there's not a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of DC during that time saying, yeah, here, go ahead and use our stuff and use it freely. There was some, I guess there was some f- fighting back and forth as to whether or not they were allowed to have the iconic suit or not, and whether or not DC would allow such things. Uh, and this movie felt like, or I guess it is, you can call it a movie because it was a TV movie, but it felt like they were constantly trying not to make her too much like real Wonder Woman, that they were kind of going off on their own little forked version of Wonder Woman. Did you get that impression? Yeah, in fact, in behind the scenes, we've got a, a little uh, little information ab- ab- about that. But definitely, it was weird to see her in that that off suit and have her not really being Wonder Woman. Yeah, she had a lasso. Yeah, she had some bracelets, but they were almost like sideshow elements. Yeah, that's they t- weren't the the main thing was 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 treating her like like a spy. That's all. That's all. <laughs> now we're, we might as well just move behind the scenes unless you want to talk about. Well, George. let me talk about George. So George, we talked about Montalban. We talked about Kathleen Crosby. These are your core characters in the thing. And they're actors that you know and can recognize. But this George character played by John Prine is not a face I recognized at all until I did a little bit of digging. Where do we know him from? He was in Six Feet Under as Ed Kimmel. Goodness. He was also Sheriff Holt in the movie Sweet Home Alabama. Uh, But probably where more people in our audience might have this weird, like, he looks familiar, but I can't place him. He was Leggett Terrell in the episode Life Support on Deep Space Nine. And also Steven in the original V miniseries. And he dealt with Diana (laughs) in the V miniseries. So a little parallel thing going on. I always said Deanna as a kid, so I just keep screwing it up. Uh, Here's what I would say about that guy. He looks like, if you could boil down what I think of as character acting in the 70s on television, that guy is the essence of that. And it's interesting you bring up the Star Trek connection because um, I was watching, and this is a side recommendation for people who have Netflix, check out a documentary called That Guy Who's In That Thing. That's literally the name of the movie. That's the name of the documentary, That Guy Who's In That Thing. And it's great. And it's full of, I don't know, 20-some-odd character actors that you immediately know by looking at their face. You don't know their name, and you couldn't name all the movies they're in, but you know you've seen them 150 times each. And they're all various degrees of recognition, but most, most all of them I knew them as soon as I saw their faces. And they talk about their experiences as character actors who get kind of stopped at restaurants and go, oh, don't I know you from something? And kind of that kind of lifestyle and how they kind of live film or, you know, role to role and they never get really good regular roles on TV or in film. And it's a really fascinating thing. But what's interesting is, and this is the reason I brought this up, all of them, and I am not kidding, all of them were in Star Trek at one time or another. Yeah. It's Isn't like, that crazy? It's great. And they all spoke so highly of it. They all said this, it was the wonderful thing you could count on doing and you could be, re- you could come back even if your character died, you could come back and be uh, three other aliens down the road and span multiple series and they'd love to have you back because they'd worked with you before and it was like the greatest gig in television and that was just a really interesting tidbit uh, about that, you know, that era and also just what character actors did for Star Trek and what Star Trek provided for your sta- your stable of character actors. I thought it was really, really interesting. So people should I guess check it that make, out. It makes sense because there were so many episodes of Star Trek from the 80s through the 90s. Yeah. 
because you have seven seasons of Next Generation, seven seasons of Deep Space Nine, seven seasons of Voyager, and then what is it? Three seasons of Enterprise. Four, even. Yeah, four of Enterprise. Or four. Yep. Four seasons of Enterprise on top of that. Yep. That's a lot of television that needed to get made. Yeah, and you even had some TOS folk make it all the way up through and and uh, continue on through some of the TNG seasons. So it's just that's an interesting petri dish for for actors. It's not a thing we really have an equivalency for right now. I can't think of a show that does that. Um, and when I was watching this uh, this Wonder Woman, I was looking at John Prine George, and yeah. I was thinking, wow, they're really making him the centerpiece. Like, yes, we have this weird Ricardo Montalban <laughs> hidden in the shadows sort of thing, yeah. but George is is the the star villain of this piece. Now, I don't get the the sense that they're necessarily going to keep bringing him back, obviously. Right. Uh, but but he's de- you know he's. He's front and center. I'm like, who is this guy? Why does he he look familiar to me? Why didn't he go on to do other things? Well, he did, but he's what you're saying. He's that guy in that thing. Yep, he absolutely is. All right, let's get to some of the weird stuff. Champagne? I'd rather a glass of Hermitage Blanc, if you don't mind. A bottle of your very best Hermitage Blanc. Ice the glasses. Very good, monsieur. And by weird stuff, I meant behind the scenes. <laughs> of course you did. Because behind I the did. scenes is just as weird. Well, we started talking about this stuff already, right. which was her her mod cat suited crime fighter suit that Blech. doesn't look like the comic book, uh, which apparently DC wanted them to use the suit that was currently in the uh, the issues then. Mm. So she was. They were DC at the time was apparently trying to make Diana into more of a spy agent. Cat suit '60s Avengers like, and not 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 Avengers the comic book, but Avengers the TV series with Emma Peel and John Steed, mm-hmm. uh, make it that kind of role. Mm. And so that's what you see in here. She's taking more of a secret agent with special powers, and they they show a little flashback of the Amazon, and and you get to see a little bit of where she came from. So they're not denying it, but yeah, she's not. She makes that one veiled reference to an invisible plane and that's it i yeah. guess they didn't have the budget that was that. disappointing to me because i one of my favorite things about the old linda carter business was that stupid plane and her being completely visible sitting in it flying overhead and how that would not turn any heads and nobody right. would notice this thing and i thought oh yeah dude we're gonna get the first look at that thing and no just pull it away like yesterday's breakfast wasn't good i think they basically cheaped out they're like, okay, we can come up with a couple of uh, of decent looking cuffs and a lasso like thing, but we can't do much with them because we don't have a lot of budget. Yeah. So let's just refer to them so you know it's Wonder Woman. Mm. And I don't know, maybe DC was weird with the logos because there's no Wonder Woman logo anywhere on. No, her. not not that I'm aware of. Did you notice, um, or did you did you get the sense that uh, th- if this would have carried on, let's say she would have stayed on, do you feel like? This all that other stuff still would have changed. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is, if sometimes you'll see this, there'll be a pilot, and we've got others coming up in the season that are similar to this, where certain people are cast sometimes in the main role, sometimes other other roles, and you know, just looking at that pilot, like, oh, well, that's not going to work. That's bad. Whatever that is, and then you, you know, they reset, they kind of start over, everything tightens up, and boom, here's your here's your real show. Do you think Kathy Lee Crosby could have gone the distance, and it was just a matter of reworking the show? Would you have still accepted her for as as Wonder Woman, despite the fact that we were all trained to, you know, think of what's her name instead? I think a couple things, Scott Johnson. Mm. I think that the show would have got better. They probably made that joke about the plane thinking, oh, if we do get picked up and we make a series, we'll we'll get more budget and we'll do an invisible plane, something or other, right? right. And I think they were just taking a cautious approach saying, well, this is what we can do, but let's lay the groundwork. I feel like they did want to get more into the mythology or they wouldn't have shown you 
that high school football field that was supposed to be <laughs> to be the secret land of of Amazonia or wherever. Uh, but but yeah, no, I I do I do think that uh, that that they had bigger plans for what they would show in the series. I, I feel like they were indicating that. I don't think Kathleen Lee Crosby was right for this role. Yeah, I just don't. I I feel like her acting is better in other things that I've seen, and I'm maybe so maybe it's the direction. She just felt flat. Yeah, she felt like everything she said she, was exactly the same way every flat. time. Yeah, and yeah. an Irish accent as well. I don't know why I'm doing that. I don't know why I'm doing an Irish accent. Uh, so here's she's the here's Irish. so this is the other thing. So she's a spy essentially in this, or she's working for a agency of spies. Uh, yeah, nondescript so, U.S. Right. something something. You know, the Lin- spy agency. Linda Carter goes the route of. I mean, I'm sure no choice of hers, but she goes the route of military person thing. And it's still kind of spy-ish, but she's working for the government in a much more militaristic sort of uh, role. Right, right. I think I prefer that. that. I think I prefer that. That fits more with the Wonder Woman of the 40s. Yeah. Where she's helping America win the war. Right. Essentially. And so that that seems true to the roots there. I mean, I guess this Kathy Lee Crosby Wonder Woman is also working for the government, because there's the general that shows up and talks about things. Mm, oh, yeah, he There's does. some connection there, well, but it's really vague. Yeah. Well, let's talk about him, them, and all of them coming up in What Happened. Just put the milk down and slide it as close to me as you can. I hated that scene. What, are snakes really, are they, are they attracted to milk? Is that a thing you can get a snake off a person with? I have heard that. I didn't <laughs> look, I didn't take the time to look up and find out if that's true. Like look it up on Snopes or something. But it, I had totally forgotten about that idea until I watched this. I'm like, oh God, I remember that in high school. Like yeah. snakes are attracted to milk. I have yeah. no idea. Now, not, not that you can, uh, not that you uh, can, can count on Yahoo answers. All right. I'm not saying that's ever a place you should go and expect truly good answers to your question. All right. Now, that being said, somebody asked, do snakes drink milk? Traditional and religious belief that they do, or religions believe that they do, but I have heard that they can't drink milk. Whether they like milk or not is a supplementary question. Answer came back. The milk is the food of young mammals provided to them by their mothers, including humans. However, mammals like man can take the milk of other mammals like cows, buffaloes, and goats. Okay, that sounds gross. The snakes are reptiles and do not give or take milk. If somehow you see a snake uh, licking milk somewhere, it may be due to its thirst or simply moisturing its its mouth, but never as food. So I don't. Again, Yahoo answers. So take that as a grain the grain of salt as it was intended to be. But that's at least interesting. Uh, and that's it's confusing if you haven't seen this. And we will have a link in the show notes to this episode if you if you haven't <laughs> yeah, seen people it. People are like, why are we talking about milk snakes? <laughs> it, it comes in four parts on YouTube. That's the only place we were able to find it. Oh, I'm fi- I found wildlife, wildlife's, oh, wildlife OS India oh. says it's a myth. Okay, good. Snakes do not Confirm- drink milk. Confirmation. No, no right. drinking of milk. Second, we have a second uh, source. All right. There is a scene in the film where Diana is subjected to a, a snake. A snake has snuck into the room and the snake is wrapped around her leg and she didn't see it coming. And she very calmly tells the door man who comes to the door at the hotel who took his shoes off for some reason. Anyway, whatever. I don't go to those kind of hotels. So maybe they're all over the place. Take your shoes um, off. I know he, that was so weird. He came in, he's got <laughs> milk and a saucer you bite your feet. and she says, put some milk in a saucer and, and inch it over to me by the snake. And that's going to get the snake off of her. So it won't do whatever it's supposedly going to do, which is bite her. I don't know why I hadn't already bitten her, but again, terrible plot device. Isn't and, it, isn't she like Diana of the Amazon? Isn't she just like <laughs> supposed to be able to like have special powers over jungle animals or something? Well, I think 
you'd think. Yeah. Well, hold on now. Also, by that note, maybe the Amazon, the only the only people that know that snakes are truly attracted to milk are the Amazons. Oh, think of it that way. Right. The rest of us wow. are all answering it wrong on Yahoo while she's yeah, got yeah. the right answer. Uh, <laughs> so the White so the man. the plot honestly is was a little hard for me to follow, and I, and I'm I'm not a I'm not the kind of guy that has trouble following plots. <laughs> you use that word plot loosely. Right? I really did, and that's I think the kind of the problem. I kept looking for things that I even tropes I thought should be part of this particular mythos, and I wasn't finding them. Huh. Um, How did it land on you? Well, I think this is illuminating. I watched this on my laptop. Chromecast and iPad <laughs> while cooking dinner. Oh Lord. So the plot was perfect for that. Yeah. It never there was never a point where I had to stop and go, okay, you know what? I really need to watch this when I'm not doing anything else. Yeah. Like th- that that was not a problem. I was I was never lost. Would, would it wake uh, you up every time so you're you're kind of forgetting to pay attention, you're cooking and you hear this? Yeah. What woke me up was the line, the hoof transmitters are on the burrow, on the burrow are all go, Steve. <laughs> the hoof transmitters obviously are on the on the burrow. Yeah. That's standard procedure. Am I wrong? Okay, so let me ask you this and you tell me if I'm wrong based on what you saw. I think what was happening is Ricardo Montalban and his people um, had, fig- had figured out, a, or, or were working on and figuring out a way to teleport somebody. Uh a person, a thing, or whatever, and they used yeah they used a donkey to to test it yeah, and the donkey disappeared at some point. It had hoof sensors on it, so they could tell if it was gone or 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 not or whatever. I think that was the key, and then they would use that for nefarious purposes. And she needed to stop this horrible plot. But it's well, some- the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin was that he had the names of agents, okay. and he wanted to sell those names to them so that no one would know who those, they wouldn't blow their cover because if he sold them to the other people, that would blow the agent's covers and they would all be killed. Right. So, so the burrow thing was just a way of getting to him, but why he demanded a burrow, why there was teleportation involved. And I think you're right that he was developing this teleportation. Why, when the burrow goes into the room, it teleports out. But when Kathy Lee Crosby goes into the room, she gets attacked by color me mine. Uh, I have no idea. I had questions about that too. So I think that stuff was supposed to be lava. I'm not a hundred percent sure because when she Amazon it looked like pottery clay, it did. It looked like yeah, and it, it was all like multicolored, all. and it was you know, my what was it? What was the old Plato make your own zoo thing where you'd squeeze out hair or whatever? Yeah. That's what it Plus reminded me of. Barber shop was that out. was it? Um, and she, but at one point she put her hand in it, and there was like steam and smoke when she did it, and then she came away with a solid chunk chunk of rock, which made me think, oh well, she's just so strong. That she's not going to get burned, and that must right. be that's supposed to be lava. What a what a weird what a weird thing. That whole that whole scene with the disappearing donkey, the thing shutting down, and then her getting attacked by applesauce on the wall was just the strangest bit of TV. But then the donkey gets out, and here's where I really got confused. It goes into a cave, and then on the other side of the cave, there's another e- exit of the cave. They're kind of like a, it's kind of like a little a loop, so you can go on one side and come out the same cave wall. Um, or entrance area, and this and the donkeys come out like now. There's like five donkeys. Was it duplicating the donkeys, <laughs> or was it just teleporting them? Well, that that's I mean, obviously, if your mastermind genius plan is to have them deliver you a donkey with the money, 
uh, you're going to assume they'll be tracking that donkey, and so you'll have many <laughs> decoy donkeys at the ready. Or burrows, perhaps, <laughs> burrows, depending on sorry. how you want to refer yeah. to these. Right. Uh, so the decoy burrows are meant to, I yeah, I don't know. I didn't quite catch if they had exactly duplicated the burrows or if that was just decoy burrows to like, oh, man, now how are we going to track the burrow? Because the hoof, hoof transmitters aren't working and they all look the same. Well, I can tell you what the, I know what the special effect technology was being used and that was turn the camera off, put the donkey back yes. in the thing, have it come well, out again. Oops, the camera moved. Oh, well. Oh, well, you're ruining the magic, Scott. <laughs> There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of janky stuff like that going on. And the, their use of fades and fade, uh, for every scene, had a fade, kind of a blur fade. Um, and I got, I, it got me to thinking, they think this is great, that blur fade. They're just going to keep using that till, oh, yeah. until we're done here. And they did. Jam on the blur fade. Yeah. Uh, what, what else? What I do here, boss blur fade? <laughs> um, I did, I did kind of have a moment of real hilarity like actually laughed out loud pretty considerably to the point that my wife yelled down and said is everything okay and that was when ricardo montemont in his uh fantasy island suit full-on white suit yeah right that's true is rolling down the river in a tiny raft with the biggest (laughs) grin on his face i've ever seen there's something about that scene that just got me at the core i've got to the (laughs) way It was really stupid. And then he, as, he, as he left, I think he yelled something like, Wonder Woman, I love you. Well, that's after he got arrested. Well, and okay, can we talk about the sure, arrest scene? Sure. Where they're like, finally, here's the climactic moment. They've got the villain. And I'm waiting for that like, aha, but I have one more trick up my... No, nothing. He's like, oh, I guess you got me. <laughs> I okay. love you, Wonder Woman. I give up. You're the greatest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. it? That's all you got, Abner? You can freaking teleport and duplicate <laughs> burros all day long, and you got nothing when the, the cop with his, like, six-shooter comes to arrest you in the yeah. middle of the desert? Yeah. yeah, it was great. Okay, so there were moments. There were moments of, I think, just bad, cheesy, great moments. But for, on the whole, I can absolutely see why they didn't – Why nobody could look at this pilot and go, yep, this is going to be the basis for our show. In fact, I'm a little surprised a show came out of it at all. Because this was not good, dude. There's nothing about well, this, you know? And I think what happened really is that Linda Carter's show didn't come out of this. I think what happened was they looked at this and said, nope, not the right way to go. Uh, too many. I imagine the reasons we didn't like it are not the reasons it didn't get approved, though. Because at the time, that was fairly standard 70s production values. Yeah. Not the best. We've seen better in things like Emergency, but but certainly acceptable by those standards. But I think they said, no, it just didn't doesn't work. Kathy Lee Crosby's not right for this role, and we did, we don't really like the way this is put together. We want it to be more Wonder Woman. And so they started from scratch, yeah. and they said, let's get somebody else to put together a pilot. And thankfully, we got Linda Carter. Yeah. Unfortunately, we haven't gotten anything good Wonder Woman-wise since. That's absolutely true. What's so hard about Wonder Woman? I think it's uh, I think it's trickier than, than than it seems on the surface. So this, the most recent one, the, the Pilecki, what's her name? Oh, yeah. Her name. Uh, who was on FNL Friday Night Lights? She was she had filmed a pilot. I don't know if that one's even viewable somewhere. I was going to try to watch some of it if we could before the show, just so I had some reference. But uh, you know, the, this idea that that now maybe is the time to, to revitalize that particular franchise. I think it can be done, but I think there has to be a very big tonal shift. And in a, in a very weird way, they almost have to kind of go the direction they tried in this film, which is to to. Uh, give her some realism to put her in a spy agency to make her work for the government, to have her powers be a little bit more nebulous, have it be a little bit darker. 
I'm not saying they succeeded, but I think that's how you pull that off today. Um, you don't make Batman the way they made it in the 60s. You make it the sure. way Christopher Nolan makes it. So you probably would have to go that route. And I think it's possible. But there's a real question as to whether Wonder Woman really has that much cachet as a, as a mainstream hero character. And I'm not sure I, she does. I suspect that Wonder Woman, even in the 40s, was a, so far ahead of its time as far as creating a superhero persona for a female character yeah. that we haven't quite caught up with that. Yeah. And that the late 70s, Linda Carter, ERA era, Equal Rights Amendment era was, was kind of a one moment in time where they, the networks would allow them to get away with it. Because mm-hmm. you see this, they work really hard to show that Kathy Lee Crosby isn't just another chick, yeah. right? Yeah. There, there's that one horrible scene where she's getting hit on. Yeah. Uh, and the way she turns him away, I think, was supposed to show how progressive they were. And it seems horribly, like, awful now. But at the time, that was supposed to be like, see, she's... A-. And I think that's always the problem is you have this this really strong character that doesn't fit the mold of what... I mean, we have fe- female superheroes now. Oh, yeah. that's, not, that's not a big issue. Sure. But they either have to ha- fit into one of these, like, she's, you know... Leaving behind romance, or she, you know, she's uh, she's tough against the odds, and Wonder Woman doesn't fit in any of those molds, I guess. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a it's a different kind of uh, it's a it's a victimless uh, heroine. Yeah, and and today we tend to as much as we we have really strong women roles in TV. Alias is a good example, and right. I, could, I could name others, but the, you know, Kate on Lost was another good example. But these were all kind of presented to us as damaged goods through other experiences in their life or whatever. Now that isn't to say a lot of male heroes don't have that problem either, but it would be nice to see, uh, you know, a heroine who's just straight up. I want to do good in the world and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm just super powerful and super good at this. And the reason why is because I am. Yeah. I don't have to have my, my father didn't leave the family when I was three. I don't have to have all kinds of problems with, you know, I didn't, I didn't fall out of a building and a bunch of cats crawl all over me and I became Catwoman. It doesn't have to go that way. <laughs> oh, that was dumb. I hate that. You know, you do, you do, you do have to uh, have good actors too. And one last thing about what actually happened, that scene between Kathy Lee Crosby and the woman who played Angela, yeah. the bad Amazon. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> was there a, like, an, I felt, neg- I felt emotion leaving me watching that scene. <laughs> it was like leeching and any kind of emotion out of me. That was anti-acting. Yeah. You could have been at zero. You still would have had negative emotion at that point. Uh, watching I, would, her. I, I would never do that after saving you. She was well, really bad. I would bad. never save you. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. Okay. That was really well, pretty bad. Now. And then the action was, you know, very bad, like slow and yeah. kind of Kirk fighting the, the whatever that thing's called. Slow back, double-handed back hit or whatever. Yeah. Um, things Things to like, things to hate. But probably we're better off with Linda Carter and what ended up happening later. Yeah, and uh, kind of made me want to watch some of that. Like, that's the one thing I did come away with was kind of a desire to see that. And you'd mentioned earlier, you know, the music that, which is so iconic, didn't Wonder exist Wonder. in here. But there were t- there were little pieces of it, like little little teases. Yeah, little of that. hints yeah. that maybe eventually we would get it right. Well, if you want more Kathy Lee uh, Crosby, then you'll like... Rap party. I love sugar, but not in the mint. I want my mint cool and refreshing. Now there's Vella Mints. They took the sugar out. You really taste the mint. So fresh, they take your breath away. Vella Mints took the sugar out. You can really taste the mint. So fresh, they take your breath away. Cool refreshment, Vella Mints. Sugar-free Vella Mints. You really taste the mint. 
three refreshing flavors. All right. Now, what I love about that Kathy Lee Crosby commercial for Velaments, who don't exist anymore, is she said a bunch of stuff, and then the then the jingle repeated it. <laughs> you can really taste the mint. You can really, really taste, taste the mint. I totally remember this. In fact, this is probably why Kathy Lee Crosby's name is recognizable to me as this commercial. And isn't it interesting that in that 20 seconds of commercial that she actually talks, yeah. there is... 110% more emotion from Kathy Lee Crosby <laughs> than, than the entire pilot of Wonder Woman. Well, she really believes in the velament material, you know? Uh, yeah. It's not so much in the Wonder Woman uh, tracksuit material. Yeah, she that was my exposure to her. Growing up, I didn't know who this was except for commercials, and she did a lot of them. And so, yeah, uh, she really did. Yeah, I thought it'd be fun to sort of end on that. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. That is our first episode of Season 3. I hope you're uh, back in the saddle like we are. Totally excited to bring you our next episode, which will be... Mystery, Science, Theater, 3000, The Unaired Plot, The Green Slime. Ooh. Yeah. I can't wait for this I'm pretty excited about that because I like our weird shows. I like our episodes where we are seriously excavating some lost business, you know, like some weird, hard-to-get stuff. These first three episodes actually are very, very pilot pilot mm-hmm. not like oh this is the first episode that aired and also the pilot like there's some there's some deep stuff in these yeah some weird stuff so i'm real excited to be back next week i know tom is if you guys want to find out more about us and find us in general check us out autopilotshow.com archives to all of the previous seasons are there including this new episode as well links to our forums and whatnot go check it out autopilotshow at gmail.com is where you can send your feedback follow us on twitter scott johnson uh tom is at ace detect and the show is at autopilot show it's going to do it for us. For me, for Tom, we'll see you next week. Stop or I kill the burrow. <laughs> <laughs>